Ezra Miller has been accused of grooming a 12-year-old. A Hawaii teacher arrested for having sex with a 13-year-old, recording it and sharing it with another teacher. The White House plans to solve inflation by causing more inflation. And James Vanderbeek talks about his reason for moving his family to Texas. Stay tuned. This is I Just Gotta Say Something. Happy Monday, everybody. I hope you're having a good day today so far. Hope you had a good weekend and a great Father's Day. Um, I enjoyed my Father's Day. We went to church and um, had a good time there. Got a gift card to go eat at Chick-fil-A. Well, at least my dad did. Um, so it, it was a good time. And um, for those of us who got to spend Father's Day with our dads because they're still alive or because they live close by, um, you know, just to say, never take that for granted, especially when you have a good dad who sacrificed to make your life better and to raise you right and to be there. Um, I don't know what I would do without my dad, and I've always been daddy's little girl, and adult or not, I'm still daddy's little girl. But, um, so I hope that you had a good Father's Day, and I hope that you let your dad know that you loved him. Or that you love him, not love. Anyway, let's read our daily promise for today. It says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Give over every concern to the loving and sovereign hand of the Lord. Only he can answer your heart's cry from the vast wealth of his heavenly bounty. Trust in him, lean on him, and he will lead you into all righteousness. Alright, so, I have several things to talk about. Um, one thing I wanted to mention, because I saw this, I don't know if I can get on Instagram on the computer, but we'll see. I think I'm signed in, but we'll see. Um, I saw this picture right before I was about to get on, and I hope it's here, because, um... It may not be here. Man, I'll just see if I can find it. Because, I mean, it's... I have never seen something so stupid in my entire life. And I don't know if I can put this up on YouTube. Because, um... They might ban it. Like, they ban everything. This. <laughs> just If you're listening on audio only I just had to share this um, because it's crazy but it says here this is how to have sex if you have monkeypox let me first of all say if you have monkeypox please don't go have sex with anybody that would be the best thing that you could do but just in case the CDC has given you some safe guidance on how to do that which is Ridiculous. Um, try virtual sex. Masturbate six feet apart. Wash hands afterward. Avoid kissing. Wear clothes. And cover your rash. What are we even... What? I... And I'll, wear your clothes. Okay. Anyway. I just... I thought... I saw that and I'm like, man... 
clown world. Seriously, clown world. But, yeah, by all means, don't have self-control and, you know, not do something when you have a disease that you could pass on to somebody else. You know, it, it, that's the best thing that you could do. When you're sick, when you, like, have... I had chicken pox when I was 24 because I didn't get the, you know, the shot for it. I didn't have to. It wasn't mandatory. And I got chicken pox when I was 24. And I went to get something from my sister. And she put it outside her house. And then I went up to get it on her porch because she didn't want to get near me because she also never got the shot for it and never had chicken pox. And she didn't want to catch it from me. You know, you avoid making contact with people if you could get them sick. Anyway, it's ridiculous. Okay, I just had to share that. Sorry. Moving on. Let's talk about this. So this is from Louder with Crowder by Brodigan. Teacher arrested for sex with teen and sending video to another teacher, but wait until you see the tweets. Now, I don't know if I'll be able to read the tweets it depends on um, if it's raunchy or not. I don't like to read things if it's too raunchy. So, we'll see. It says, a Hawaii teacher was arrested for having a sexual relationship with a 13-year-old student. If that wasn't offensive enough, it would happen during breaks at school. If that wasn't offensive enough, he would film it. And if that wasn't offensive enough, the teacher was busted for sending the video to another teacher. Congratulations, Alden Bunag. You just made the list. Or Bunag, I'm not sure how you say it. I don't know. So, I'm going to say Bunag, is what I'm going to say, was arrested for sharing child pornography. As luck would have it, one of the people he was sharing child porn with on a child porn message board was another teacher who was arrested last October. When Boonag was arrested, that was when he admitted to having sex with a 13-year-old who he, who he described as a quote-unquote former student. According to records, quote, he also admitted to distributing the video recording of his sexual contact, admitted to distributing child pornography involving other minor victims, end quote. Where things take a turn for the ironic, Boonag was also a prolific teacher, where he battled other tweeters over way for it Teachers being called a quote-unquote groomer for wanting to indoctrinate students over sex and gender. <clears throat> Good old libs of TikTok doing their job, making sure they expose these pedophiles. I'll have to cut that word out for YouTube. So he said, You have yet to demonstrate why teaching kids basic sex ed and discussing gender slash sexuality with them is quote-unquote grooming. While I've repeatedly explained why. Don't tell me to effing Google anything. This is also why no one should take you guys seriously. You can never back crap up. Another one says, So you want kids to be completely ignorant about sex? Which is true because pedos like you can fill them up and they won't understand what's going on and can't verbalize it to their parents or others. Also, talking about being LGBT does not require discussing sex whatsoever. Well... Your big LGBT activists that go out to the gay parades and things like that would seem to differ because that's all they have done is make it sexual. I don't think being gay needs to be explicitly sexual, but that is what 
is happening. So, yeah. Another one says, sexual orientation doesn't require discussing sex, you effing pervert. Unless your brain automatically goes to effing whenever you think of two dudes liking each other. Keep on demonstrating how sick in the mind you are. And last one. You're effing acting like we want to show kids porn or something, but something I've learned through the years is that whenever right-wingers accuse others of something, it's definitely because they're projecting. I'm pretty sure he's projecting. Um, you know, that's the thing. We always have known that when the left accuses the right of something, it's because you definitely know that the left is doing that because they project it onto the right. He is projecting what he is actually doing, because he was arrested for it, right, onto people on the right. So, anyway, this man's disgusting. In one tweet, he took offense at being told discussing sex and gender with students was grooming. Another tweet had him calling the user a pervert and claiming the user was projecting. The more ironic tweet of the bunch, calling the other guy a pedo. The teacher sexing up a 13-year-old called someone on Twitter accusing him of being a groomer a pedo. Also, one of the users in the exchanges goes by the name FartPriest69. He, him, had nothing to do with the exchange. That's just an awesome name. <laughs> Good grief. Um, so, yeah, he was arrested. That's absolutely disgusting. I talked on the last episode. You can't get it on YouTube because I was banned. And I can't put it up on YouTube because it'll get uh, taken down. But it is on my Rumble and I talked about them coming for your kids. They told us they were coming. Um, in a song with the California or the San Francisco Gay Men's Choir, whatever the name of it was, they said that's what they were going to do. They were going to indoctrinate our kids. And if you're still letting your kids be around this kind of stuff, or you're not staying involved with what's going on with them if they're still in public school, that's a big problem. Um... Okay, so, just really gross. I just had to share that. Um, speaking about pedos, um, I don't know if anybody knows who Ezra Miller is. He plays the Flash in the DC movies. And this is from Blaze Media by Paul Saka, where a 12-year-old was granted a protection order against Ezra Miller after alleged arguments about cultural appropriation, vampires, and Parcheesi. Now, I heard this story when I was watching Nick Ricada's live stream. So, thank you, Nick Ricada, for bringing this to my attention. So, it says, um, A mother and her 12-year-old child have been granted an order of protection against actor Ezra Miller by a Massachusetts judge. On Wednesday, the Greenfield District Court said the temporary har harassment prevention order, quote, was issued without advance notice because the court determined that there is a substantial likelihood of immediate danger of harassment, end quote, NBC News reported. The mother, who asked not to be identified out of privacy concerns, said she and her child met Miller through an acquaintance. The Daily Beast spoke with the mother, the 12-year-old, and a neighbor who was present during the altercation. On February 2nd, Miller was allegedly visiting a musician friend in Greenfield, Massachusetts, which is 40 miles from Miller's house in Stamford, Vermont. Miller was wearing a bulletproof vest, according to the neighbor. Miller became infuriated when the mother said she had recently traveled with, quote, her tribe 
of people, which caused Miller to lash out and accuse her of cultural appropriation, according to the report. The Daily Beast reported, then a conversation about board games allegedly went sideways when, after Miller claimed that the board game Parcheesi had Rastafarian roots, the visiting neighbor, who is half black, questioned Miller as to which sect of the Rastafari movement it originated from. Quote, at this point, Ezra explodes and started screaming directly into my face. Um, and you'll see, if you're watching this, you'll see they're using they pronouns. I'm not going to. He said, you don't even know what you're talking about. What did you say to me? What did you just say to me? The neighbor claimed that Miller opened up one side of a jacket, which revealed a gun. According to the mother and neighbor, the 29-year-old actor said, quote, I've talked extensively with your child, and they have a lot of power to them. At one point, you're going to realize that you don't have any control over them anymore. Then they're an elevated being, and they would be lucky to have someone like me guide them. What a weirdo. Um, Miller then allegedly verbally attacked the mother, who dresses in a goth aesthetic. He purportedly accused her of being a witch and a vampire and screamed at her, quote, You want to drink my blood? Do you? The Justice League and Fantastic Beast star allegedly apologized for his behavior, but there were reportedly three other concerning confrontations, the most recent on June 4th. The mother alleged that Miller tightly and uncomfortably hugged the child. Quote, During the June visit, the child expressed their interest in horses, and Miller said that they would acquire several horses so that um, they could, so that the child could help them care for the herd on the Vermont farm which also struck them as inappropriate, according to the Daily Beast. Earlier this month, Miller was accused of grooming a young environmental, environmental activist by using cult-like behavior drugs, behavior, drugs, and threats of violence. The parents of Dakota Iron Eyes accused Miller of, quote, psychologically manipulating, physically intimidating, and endangering the safety and welfare, end quote, of their now 18-year-old daughter, the parents claim that Miller began grooming their daughter at age 12. Oh, and what a coincidence that this other child at age 12, Ezra said they would be lucky to have someone like him guide them. So he starts around 12 years old? It would seem that way. Dakota Iron Eyes has defended her relationship with quote-unquote Comrade Miller. Um... Nick Ricada pointed out when he was talking about this, about this Dakota Iron Eyes, that them, that, that the person is a daughter. Okay, so that she's defending Ezra Miller because if you're groomed the way that a groomer would intend to do it to work, you wouldn't know that you were groomed and you would defend them. You're not going to know what happened <coughs> if it's done effectively. So, this girl is so blind to the fact of what happened to her, and it's really sad because, you know, she's just, she's stuck in this thing that she doesn't even realize that she shouldn't be a part of it. Authorities have yet to locate or serve Miller with a restraining order that was initiated by the parents. Miller possibly taunted the police in an Instagram post, according to Newsweek. Miller posted a meme that read, quote, you cannot touch me. I am in another universe, end quote. Miller has since deleted his entire Instagram account. 
Miller, the 12-year-old child, and Dakota Iron Eyes all identify as non-binary individuals. No, they don't. These 12-year-olds definitely don't. They don't even know what it means. Um, despite multiple recent arrests and public outbursts, Warner Brothers still plans to release The Flash, starring Miller in 2023, as scheduled according to Variety. Okay. Warner Brothers is still going to release The Flash with Ezra Miller accused of grooming 12-year-olds. But they fired Johnny Depp from Pirates of the Caribbean over uh, Caribbean over Amber Turd's lies of abuse. They don't care about the children. Not even Hollywood cares about the children. Speaking of Amber Heard, a juror spoke out. I'm assuming this juror decided to speak out uh, anonymously, but. Speak out nonetheless and do an interview with Good Morning America, I think it was. Um, possibly because in Amber Heard's interview with Savannah Guthrie, um, she basically was saying that the jurors sided with Johnny Depp because of what they were seeing on social media and that they didn't look at the evidence. So the juror had a problem with that. And by the way, if you watched that interview with her and Savannah Guthrie. Savannah Guthrie actually was pushing back and asking some really good, tough questions. Um, and from her face, it didn't look like she was buying anything that Amber was saying, um, which I can't blame her. But this morning, I saw a video on YouTube and a guy said that the original, like, teaser video that they released where Amber Heard was talking about how just the the audio recordings in court don't really show everything that was happening. They're just little snippets of conversations. And so there's no context behind them. Um, and she said that people, that when you're in a relationship where you're physically and domestic, this is not word for word, but where you're physically and domestically abused um, and physically and psychologically abused and you don't have the resources like you or I do meaning her or Savannah Guthrie because they're celebrities or rich she removed herself from the group of women who are domestically abused and when they released the full interview on Dateline they edited that part out where she said they don't have the resources like you or I do they edited that part out just a little tidbit. I thought that was interesting. Anyway, this is by Virginia Cruda. So, one juror has spoken out in the wake of the defamation trial between Amber Heard and Johnny Depp, revealing what he said the jury discussed behind the scenes about the case. The unnamed juror, whose statement was reported Thursday on ABC's Good Morning America, was one of the five men who sat on the seven-member jury. He said that Wiley believed it was likely true that both Heard and Depp had been, quote-unquote, abusive to each other at times. The jury had found Depp's testimony to be more authentic. Quote, the juror, one of five men on the, on the seven-person jury, said Heard's emotional testimony was not realistic. Quote, the crying, the facial expression, she said, she had, the staring at the jury, all of us were very uncomfortable. It didn't come across as believable. 
it seemed like she was able to flip the switch on her emotions, which they say is something with, like, histrionic personality disorder is what, how that, that's why they can do that. She would answer one question, and she would be crying, and two seconds later, she would turn ice cold. Some of us use the expression, crocodile tears. The juror went on to say that the perception of Depp had been very different, that he had appeared to be more stable, and his testimony had been more consistent and believable. Quote, on Depp's side, a lot of the jury felt what he was saying at the end of the day was more believable. He just seemed a little more real in terms of how he was responding to questions. His emotional state was very stable throughout. Another major blow to Heard's credibility came when she asked, uh, when she was asked about her promise to donate her $7 million divorce settlement to charity, and the revelation came during the trial that she had not yet done so. Quote, she goes on a talk show in the UK. The video shows her sitting there telling the host that she gave all the money away, and the terms she used in that video clip were, I gave it away, I donated it, it's gone. But the fact is, she didn't give much of it away at all. The juror also disputed Heard's post-trial claims that he and other members of the jury had been swayed by social media, arguing that several of the jurors did not even have accounts and that the others made it a point not to use them. Quote, Ultimately, what I think is truthful was that they were both abusive to each other. I don't think that makes either of them right or wrong, but to rise to the level of what she was claiming, there wasn't enough or any evidence that really supported what she was saying. And I guess that's not in this article, but... That juror also said that they didn't listen to the testimony of any of Johnny Depp's side that came forward, his, his um, staff members or anything like that, Amber's sister or any of her ex-friends' depositions. They ignored the, that testimony, and they also pretty much ignored any testimony of paid experts and only listened to Johnny Depp's testimony, Amber's testimony, and looked at the evidence that was given, such as pictures, tweets, videos, audio recordings, things like that. That's all they based their decision on. <clears throat> Which is actually, when you think about it, if that's all you were given, it's still easy, easy to determine that Amber's a liar. Okay. Um, let's talk about Stephen Colbert. Um, don't like him. I think he's, I don't know, I just don't like him. So from Blaze Media, Carlos Garcia, staffers of Late Show with Stephen Colbert were arrested at the U.S. House building for trespassing. Karma? Maybe? So people associated with the Late Show with Stephen Colbert were arrested at the U.S. House building for trespassing, according to a report from Fox News. The U.S. Capitol Police said that they received a disturbance call at the Longworth House office building at about 8.30 p.m. on Thursday in a statement obtained by Chad Pergram, Pergram of Fox News. And this is from June 17th. So, Officers apprehended seven individuals without congressional identification and without escort in a sixth-floor hallway, the statement said. Quote, the building was closed to visitors, and these individuals were determined to be a part of a group that had been directed by the USCP to leave the building earlier in the day. Capitol Police said they were charged with illegal entry. Quote, this is an active criminal investigation and may result in additional criminal charges after consultation with the U.S. Attorney. Pergram said they confirmed the names of the people arrested, one of which is Robert Smeagol, 
who is best known for voicing the character of Triumph, the insult comet dog. He also reported that the group was recording video and taking photographs outside the offices of House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy and Lauren Boebert. <clears throat> Colbert has often used his platform on his late night show to broadcast his far left politics. He was vehemently against the policies of the former Trump administration, and in one instance, he launched into an expletive ridden screen against former President Donald Trump. Quote, You have more people marching against you than cancer. You talk like a sign language gorilla who got hit in the head. In fact, the only thing your mouth is good for is being Vladimir Putin's um, C-word holster. More recently, Colbert opined that Fox News reporter Peter Ducey should be slapped over a question he posed to President Joe Biden. And I bet you anything that he is all for these January 6th hearings and keeping those prison people rotting in prison that trespassed in the Capitol that day. Right? So, uh, maybe it's karma. I don't know. I just think it's great that they got caught and arrested. Um, so, with everything going on with Roe v. Wade possibly being overturned, and there's a lot of stuff going on, um, you have... Um, the bishops denying Nancy Pelosi um, the Eucharist because she won't denounce abortion and things like that. Um, this is from Pasaka. Kamala Harris, Nancy Pelosi argue that advocating for abortion does not mean abandoning your religious faith. Just like a hint? Yes, it does. Okay. If you're Catholic, for sure it does. If that's what you're claiming to be. So, one on Friday afternoon at the Dulles Airport in Virginia, Harris was asked what the Biden admin would do if the U.S. Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. Harris said she has been, quote, convening folks around many sectors of just who we are as a society. Um, and, you know, for those of us of faith, I think that we, we agree, many of us, that there's nothing about this issue that will require anyone to abandon their faith or change their faith. <clears throat> it's simply saying that the government should not have the ability to decide what an individual does with her own body. Let her make that decision with her pastor or her rabbi or whoever she consults, but it should not be the government making that decision. Harris made the claim that if Roe v. Wade is overturned, then it opens the door for contraception and same-sex marriage to be possibly banned. It does not. It does not. They're not going for that. We're very concerned about what a degradation of the right to privacy will mean beyond the right to have access to an abortion. And probably you've heard this elsewhere. The Constitution, and they're alluding to the 14th Amendment, does not guarantee a right to privacy. It is not in the Constitution, just so you know. Similarly, Pelosi alleged that being a proponent of abortion does not make her less of a Catholic believer. Yes, it does, Nancy. Last month, San Francisco Archbishop Salvatore J. Cordelione announced that he had prohibited Pelosi from receiving Holy Communion in the Archdiocese of San Francisco because of her increasingly, quote-unquote, extreme advocacy of abortion. Pelosi attempted to defend her position during an MSNBC appearance. Quote, this is not just about terminating a pregnancy. So these same people are against contraception, family planning, in vitro fertilization. It's a blanket thing, and they use abortion as the frontman for it while they try to undo so much. 
Um, well, I do believe the Catholic faith is against contraception because they believe that you should have the children that God allows you to conceive. If you conceive, you're meant to have that child, and you should not, you should not do or take anything that would prevent you from conceiving a child. Which, by the way, if you do take contraceptions, contraceptives, and God wants you to get pregnant, you'll still get pregnant. I was taking birth control when me and my ex got pregnant with our second child. So, if it's meant to be, it'll happen. On Thursday, Pelosi tried to rationalize her being a pro-abortion Catholic. During her weekly press conference, Pelosi was asked by a member of the press if she agrees with the late Pope John Paul II and current Pope Francis that the Catholic Church considers abortion murder. Quote, What I agree on is that whatever I believe, agree with the Pope on, is not necessarily what public policy should be in the United States as people make their own judgments, honor their own responsibilities, and attend to the needs of their families. Let me just say this. A woman has the right to choose, to live up to her responsibility. It's up to her, her doctor, her family, her husband, her significant other, and her God. Pelosi asserted that politicizing abortion is something uniquely American and not in other countries. Ireland, Italy, Mexico has had legislative initiatives to expand a woman's right to choose. Very Catholic countries. Pelosi then defended her religious faith by saying, quote, I'm a very Catholic person, and I believe in every woman's right to make her own decisions. In March, President Joe Biden dodged a question by a reporter about how he could support abortion and be a Catholic. Um, well, we already know all that, so we don't care. Anyway, so, you know, trying to defend it, trying to defend abortion, even though it's murder. Um, in fact, and I don't know what state it was in, but here just recently... Um, there was a car accident that killed a woman who was pregnant. And the person was charged with two counts. I don't know if it's involuntary manslaughter or just manslaughter. I think it's involuntary. With two counts. There was only one person in the car in a seat. Why would there be two counts? Could it be because... A woman that's pregnant has another human being in her body? And that's two lives? Not one in a clump of cells? I hate these people. I hate them with a passion. They are evil. What's that saying? That do not attribute malice to what you can attribute... Um, do not attribute malice to what you can attribute... Ignorance, I think it is. Um, no. These people are evil and malicious and sometimes I think demon-possessed. Alright. We're 30 minutes in. I gotta move on. I'm trying to start talking faster and condensing everything down so you're not have to sit in here listening for a whole hour or an hour and ten minutes. Okay. Um, let's talk about inflation. Because we all know that we're paying more at the grocery store. We're paying more at the pump um, for to f fill up our car. We weren't even barely under half a tank. And we filled it up and it took $68. So, yeah. This is by Brodigan, Clown World. White House discussing new plan to fight inflation that would create more 
inflation. Let me get a drink. My mouth gets really dry when I talk a lot. Okay. Inflation is at a 40-year high. Gas is up 48.7% since last year. Groceries are between 13% and 32%, depending on what you have a taste for. Fuel oil is up over 100%. Joe Biden wants you to believe none of this is his fault, even though it's totally his fault. Biden's economic agenda pumped tons of government money into the economy. Doing so is a leading cause of inflation. Inflation is at a 40-year high. The White House Brain Trust, I use the words brain and trust loosely, is trying to come up with quick fixes to prevent the red supernova from coming in November. One of their ideas to solve a problem caused by too much government spending, more government spending. According to WAPO, one of the ideas is to send Americans more money in the form of gas cards. Quote, Biden officials are taking a second look at whether the federal government can send rebate cards out to millions of American drivers to help them pay at gas stations. Any idea they examine, an idea they examined months ago before ruling it out, end quote. Good, because it's a terrible idea. We are in a crisis caused by government spending. More government spending causes more of a crisis. Maybe the White House can explain this to Biden using sock puppets. Quote, aides had found that shortages in the U.S. chip industry would make it hard to produce enough rebate cards to people familiar with the matter said, end quote. Uh, quote, White House officials also feared there would be no way to prevent consumers from using them for purchases other than gasoline, according to another person familiar with the discussions, end quote. That hasn't stopped White House officials yet. I'm surprised they are starting now. They didn't care about waste and fraud in the American Recovery Act. I'm surprised they care someone might buy a bag of Cheetos instead of filling up their gas tank. Quote, even if the administration embraces the proposal, it would probably require congressional approval and face long odds among lawmakers way of spending more, uh, wary of spending more money, end quote. Yes, because spending more money is how we got in this mess. Biden should spend less time lying, saying that America has less inflation than anywhere else, and pretending to have a clue. I doubt it. He told the Associated Press he finds it odd Republicans would blame his spending for inflation. It's because the GOP knows how to do math, and the monkey-banging symbols where Joe Biden's brain should be on his cigarette break. Your government at work, folks. Yeah, no kidding. Um, I, I don't... Of course they understand that more spending causes more inflation. They don't care. Okay, um, so all they can hope for is that in November... Republicans take back over the House and the Senate. Okay? That's all we can hope for right now in this moment. That's the next step. We don't need to be looking forward to 2024. We need to be focusing on the midterms right now. And this, bring on the meltdowns. New poll shows GOP beating Democrats in possibly the most important area of all. This is uh, by Joseph Gunderson. After Republicans scored a solid win in a primarily Hispanic congressional district earlier this week, the Democrats have to be shaking in their boots, biting their nails, and, in Pelosi's case, probably knocking back a few extra shots of the sauce, the good stuff she keeps from her wino husband. And after some new numbers have come to light, it might be about time for Democrats to start dusting off their resumes, as if anyone would actually want to hire any of these useless dolts. In a recent poll released by Fox, and I know, take it with a grain of salt, Democrats aren't looking great heading into the midterms. As expected, they are losing on the economy. The American people don't much like paying out of the don't much like paying a lot for gas, 
only to hear the president or whatever idiot staffer has been chosen that day to come out and point fingers at everyone except the administration. We aren't stupid. We know Biden is screwing everything up. Just fix it. So condition of the economy at 5% excellent, 13% good, 25% only fair, and 57% for poor. Where's the 5% that's saying this is excellent? Does this say elites voting here? But that might not be the most damning number. When asked which party would do a better job preserving democracy in America, Republicans lead Democrats 46% to 45% respectively. Um, and then you can go get this. There's a, a tweet. I guess I can link the... the but it's from Fox News. Um, it's other stuff that it talks about if you want to know. Climate change, abortion, voting rights, all of that. Um... There's a whole poll, poll for that. And frankly, who exactly are the 45% who think the Democrats are at all interested in preserving democracy? For a while there, the White House thought it was just fine for pro-abortion leftists to intimidate justices of the Supreme Court. Several of them have voiced open support for blowing up the filibuster or packing the Supreme Court so they can ram their preferred policies through without judicial challenge. Democrats want complete and total control. They couldn't care less about preserving any semblance of democracy. I'm a little concerned the lead isn't way more than just one percentage point, but the point is that Democrats are in for a metaphorical curb stomping this November, and they couldn't be more excited to see it. No kidding. I I hope and pray, well, I pray more than I hope, that this is going to happen and we can have these changes because we really, really do need them. Okay, so I see this last article. Um... James Vanderbeek reflects on moving to Texas, says return to Hollywood but have to, quote, fit around his family. Now, the reason why I, I grabbed this, number one, is because anyone deciding to move to Texas, I'm excited about because I think we're a great state. Um, but also, I want to know why they are deciding to move here, what they intend to bring to the state, because please don't bring Democrat policies. Don't I don't like, if you vote that way, don't bring them here. Um, but also because I recently started rewatching Dawson's Creek, because um, I'd seen it when I was younger, but I didn't watch it that often, probably because I just wasn't into it, and I just want nostalgia, I guess. So I've started rewatching it, and so I saw his name, and I'm like, oh, let's check this out. So this is by Amanda Harding. James Vanderbeek recently said he would only return to Hollywood career if it didn't affect raising his six kids. The 45-year-old Dawson's Creek alum was speaking with Fox News Digital about moving out of Hollywood and embracing a different lifestyle in Texas when he made the remarks. We love it. We have a lot more space, Vanderbeek said, referring to himself and his wife Kimberly, who, we, who wed in 2010. We all need a more immediate connection to nature. It's been a really, really great move, and the kids are really happy. The parks have been amazing, he continued. We've been going to state parks and the national park. It's just one of the benefits of getting out of the big city was getting to a place where we could just have more space right outside our door. It's a very, very different life. We watch the sunset. We know what phase the moon is in. We can actually see stars, which is a new thing. The Varsity Blues alum also mentioned how he wouldn't sacrifice the responsibility of fatherhood for a movie role, though he is still interested in the storytelling aspect of Hollywood. All he needs to go hook up a Daily Wire then. I've been trying to set things up right now so that I can spend the most amount of time with my family. I've been writing and developing. I'm actually feeling the call to collaborate with some really brilliant people and act again. I will see. It would have to be something that I really, really believed in. 
I was really enjoying the kind of career that I had been wanting to build for quite some time before 2020, and now my priorities have changed. I it would re- it would really have to fit around my life. I do love telling stories. That is something that I've always wanted to do, and I think I'll always continue to do that. In 2020, just after moving to his 36-acre Austin property, the actor told Today Parents, we were living on this tiny little lot with a tiny backyard. Um, he, their eight-year-old son Joshua, seemed to be like an animal in a cage that was too small. Vanderbeek isn't the only actor ditching Los Angeles for greener pastures. Just a few months ago, pop star Katy Perry discussed her thoughts on leaving Hollywood for a more rural existence. I'm like living in, in Kentucky, and I have for almost a month now, and that's quite an amazing experience because it reminds you that Hollywood is not America, Perry told Chelsea Handler during a podcast interview the Daily Wire previously reported. Perry went on to discuss how exposure to other lifestyles can help celebrities relate more to everyday Americans. You need to remember that because I think you can under, understand people better. I mean, they're living in a bubble of sorts. We are living in a bubble. Our bubbles are completely opposite, but they're, it's interesting. Yeah, we're going to say we're, we're not as good as you. Probably not. That's not what she's going to say. So they did move. I thought they were thinking about it. So they moved. Um, I really like James Vanderbeek. I think he's always been a really decent guy from what we know, just based on what he's given us. Um, but, hey, you know, he could hook up with um, the Daily Wire like Gina Carano, and they're not going to ruin his family life. And I think they can make something really great. So I'm going to suggest that to Ben Shapiro and tell him, you know, reach out to James and and see if he wants to do a movie with you guys. Because I enjoy watching the Daily Wire movies. I haven't seen Terror on the Prairie yet um, or the Hyperions. But I did see that Run, Hide, Fight, I think it was, and then Hide and Seek. Is that what it's called? I think so. And, of course, Matt Walsh's What is a Woman. Um, Yeah, so I think that's really cool. Uh, also, I've decided that I'm going at the end of every episode, start, or maybe the, not the end of every episode, but giving y'all ideas of, of, of books to read. Because I feel like we do a lot of screen time, and we use our phones or computers or tablets a whole lot, and I'm not sure that very many of us are taking time to maybe read a book, which is good, and fiction, nonfiction, whatever, but it's good for you, and it's also good to build like your your vocabulary and spelling and your ideas and your intellect. It's good for all of that. So I've been reading a book called With Reagan by Edwin Meese III, who worked with Reagan during his when he was governor of California and during his presidency. And I'm telling you what, I'm eight chapters in, and sometimes the parallels between Reagan and Trump, you could kind of get mixed up on who you're reading about. If you didn't know it was a book about Reagan, you might think that maybe some of the stuff they were talking about Trump. Parallels are, wow, mind-blowing. So that is a good book that I would suggest that you read and check it out. It's, um, I don't know, it's very, very interesting to learn a little more about Reagan from someone who was right there next to him through all of his um, time as a politician and as our president. So it's a really great book. Anyway, I'm going to leave the episode here for now. Don't forget, you can go to subscribe to me on Rumble. That would be really great. Go to my YouTube channel. I think that I can upload again this week. I think my band is over. Check out my YouTube channel. Subscribe to it. Hit the notification bell. You can go to my link tree to get to all of my social media accounts and go follow me on Instagram, Twitter, 
Facebook if you really want to, but I don't, I don't really use Facebook for that. And my TikTok, which is not for my podcast. That's just for me to be able to watch videos and find stuff to laugh about. And also, I have put some videos up, but they're just for fun. And um, don't forget to go to Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and you can listen to the audio-only podcast on there. And I hope you had a good time. Like I said, I hope you had a good Father's Day. Happy belated Father's Day to all of you wonderful fathers, whether biological, adopted, step, it doesn't matter. Happy belated Father's Day. I hope you all have a good rest of your day, and God bless.